This message is brought to you by 12 Stone Church. Please enjoy Pastor Todd Mullins as he delivers the week two teaching from the series Big C Church. Welcome to 12 Stone Summer. Today is week two of celebrating and learning from the Big C Church. If you missed last week, here's what I mean. I love being a part of 12 Stone and what we get to do together. And God is leading us to be a live-sent church, to invest more intensely as those who bless, train, and send. And while you are my favorite peeps, we all recognize that God is moving powerfully through many churches. And every once in a while, we can benefit from the teaching of another church in God's kingdom. So let me introduce you to Todd Mullins. He pastors Christ Fellowship in Palm Beach, Florida. Some of you might recognize them as the church John Maxwell attends and teaches at from time to time. Pastor Todd accepted the role of lead pastor from his father Tom a few years back, and God continues to bless that church powerfully. And Todd taught a lesson that just resonates with our hearts at 12 Stone when it comes to being on map, on mission. He challenges us not to be Monday morning atheists. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, get your Bibles, your teaching notes, and let's discover from the Bigger C Church as Todd teaches. Because this is going to challenge the way you go to work and how you'll go back to school in August, which no student wants to think about yet. Hey, um, I'm kicking off a two-week series this week that I believe is gonna help give focus and direction to your everyday life. There may be times that you come in here and go, I wonder how what we're doing in here affects what's going on out there. Well, this is what the next two weeks is all about. I wanna give you some tools that'll help you live in victory with strength and purpose Monday through Friday till we get back together again, all right? Uh, How many of you were here about two and a half years ago, I preached a series called Made for Mondays. Does anybody remember that, Made for Mondays? Uh, Made for Mondays was all about the theology of work. What does God say in his Bible about our work? And it is important, so important, that every couple years, I wanna circle back around this idea that this, that, this, uh, that, that this biblical foundation will affect every part of your Monday through Friday. Because most people, they enter into Monday moping. In fact, they've turned Monday into moan day. Oh, I can't believe it's Monday. Where'd the weekend go? I can't believe I gotta go back to that job. Can't believe I gotta go back to school. In fact, the Monday morning blues are a real thing. In fact, heart attacks increase by 20% on Monday. Suicide rates are the highest on Monday. Mondays get people down, right? But you don't have to get down because of Monday. I don't care how bad your situation is or how rough your job is or what's going on, I can pretty much guarantee that there's probably somebody that's got a little bit rougher than you. Like maybe this guy having to clean porta potties. Look at that. I don't even like walking. That's his job. I feel better about my day already, right there, right? Or, or this person that has to test cat food. He's a taste tester for, I know, right? Hairball. Like, I don't want to do that. Or, or this guy in a third world country, he's an electrician going up that, those are wires that he, 
Good luck with that. Or possibly the brick delivery guy. This was my favorite. <laughs> brick delivery guy by day, Jenga champion by night. That's, yeah. You see those pictures, you go, well, gosh, Monday's not so bad. My Monday's already looking good. Thanks, Todd. I can go now. Now I've got a little more for you, right? Here, here's why I believe this sermon is so important for us to understand. Because it is important that we have a biblical worldview as we walk into the week. You, we don't act like the world. We're not supposed to think like the world. We're not supposed to respond to our work week the rest of the way, like the rest of the world does. God's got a different perspective for us. We don't let, a, a biblical perspective means that we, we do life and see life through the lens of God's word. We don't let ABC or NBC or Netflix shape the way we face our life. We let God shape the way we face our life and shape our attitudes, right? So a key verse, a key verse for this series is found in Romans chapter 12, verse one. And here's what it says. Paul says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. You know, when you read that verse, it's like, we can do that. We can take our everyday, going to the grocery store, going to work, going to school, life, and give that to God as an offering, he wants to invade every part of our life. So I wanna talk about two things today, the, the why we work and the way we work. The why we work and the way we work. And to understand the why we work, we've gotta go all the way back to the very beginning in the book of Genesis where this whole thing got started. Let me read you out of Genesis chapter one, verse 26, it says this. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Let me stop right there. The first thing I want you to see is you've been created in the image of a creator. You've been created by God, masterfully and, and wonderfully and magnificently created. You did not just crawl out of some sludge pit and evolve over thousands of years. You were made by God and you were made for God. You've been intricately designed by a master designer. And specifically, I want you to see that, you, that you've been created by a creator to create. You've been made in his image, and his image, what we see, uh, first thing we see God doing in the Bible is working. In the beginning, Genesis 1-1, God created. In verse four, God separated the light from the darkness. Verse seven, God made the heavens. Verse 11, God produced the trees. He's a working God. He's a, and, and you have been made in his image, in his likeness to, to work to create, to design, to make, to produce. It's inside of you because you've been made by God. In fact, we see in the next chapter, in Genesis chapter two, it says, the Lord took man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. Which that verse right there settles what the oldest profession in the world really is. It's not what this man thinks. It's landscaping. It's landscaping. I'm sure that's what you thought. But what I want you to see here is that God is the first one to work in the Bible and man is the second one to work in the Bible. So if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, 
Write this down. My work is from God. Would you say that with me out loud? My work is from God. God created us to create. He designed us to design. God took man and he placed him where he was supposed to work in the garden, not as an act of punishment and not as a consequence of sin because sin has not even come into the, to the picture yet. God put him there and it was good. In fact, when God, every day that God created, the six days he created, at the end of each day of creation and making, he stopped and said, it is, it is good. We never once read of Adam whining about his work or aggravated at his assignment. <sighs> no, no, not at all. Work is not a four-letter word, people. Well, it is a four-letter word, but it's not one of those four-letter words. It's good. It's G-O-O-D. According to God, work is good. So work is good, and work is from God. Now, a little disclaimer. I just need to throw this out there just to make sure. There are some professions out there that are not of God. They're not God's work for you to do. So, you know, you can't be saying, well, Pastor Todd said it's of God. So, hey, if you're dealing drugs, that's not a God. If it's something that goes against the Bible, that's not a God. Don't be working at double D and say that's God's work for you. That is not God's work for you. God's actually put gifts and passions inside of you and purposes all through your life, and you can walk in those purposes. Amen? Amen. So, God's work, the first thing I want you to understand is that my work is from God. It's, from, he's, it's not bad, it's a good thing. The second thing I want you to see is found over in Colossians uh, chapter three, verse 23, and it says this. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you were, say it with me, working for the Lord and not for people. Whatever you do, whatever your job is, whatever you give yourself to, do it with all your heart, give your best to it, as if you are working for the Lord, not for people. So my work is not only from God, but the second thing is my work is for God. Because I'm not doing it for people, I'm, my work is, say that with me, my work is for God. And this is a huge truth. If you can just get one thing I say today, get this. If you are a Christ follower, then what you do, you don't do for wherever you work. If you're a sheriff, you don't work for the sheriff's department. If, you're, if you work as a teacher, you don't work for the school board. If you own a company or whatever office, you, you, don't, you don't work for that company, you work for God. If you own your own business, you're not just working hard to make more money and build your, your, you're working your business for God. And by the way, students, this applies to you too, right? If you're, if you're a student, that's your job and you better be doing it for Jesus. You're studying for Jesus, you're taking that test this week for Jesus, so you better work hard and not slough off, right? And all the parents said, amen, come on. So, and, see, and mom, you're picking up the house, you're doing it for Jesus. You're not picking up your kids' clothes or your husband's clothes again, you're picking up Jesus' clothes. Man, you're gonna fold those things, you're gonna make that bed, I'm making this bed for Jesus. Whatever you do, do it. See, when you can change the picture of whoever your boss is and put Jesus's face there instead, woo! Man, it makes going to work on Monday morning a whole lot easier, right? You, you may get an assignment from your supervisor, but you treat it like it is coming straight from the throne room of God. <gasps> yes, sir, I'm gonna, I'm gonna file these things for you, God. I'm gonna close this deal for God. I'm sweeping these floors for Jesus. I'm making this coffee for Jesus. And you know he loves coffee because he's got a whole book called Hebrews in here. So you know, it's funny every time, I know. Whatever you do, do it as though you are working for the Lord and not for people. Man, if we could get a hold of this, Monday could be magnificent. 
Tuesday could be terrific. Wednesday could be wonderful. Thursday, you could thrive, and Friday could be fantastic. If you just get a grip that today I am working for God this week. Man, what he does is he'll put a little mission into the mundane. All of a sudden, it starts to take on a little bit more purpose and, and focus, man. He, he can turn your work into worship. He can turn your job into joy because you've got a bigger picture of what's going on. You're not just going to work. You're not just punching in and punching out. I mean, you are on assignment for Amen. God this week. Amen. It is you're working, your work is from God and your work is for God. You can have the same office but a different focus. Man, and the same company but a different commitment. The same desk, different drive. Same Monday, different motivation, because you know who you're working for, amen? And see, I believe that when we get this truth, all of life becomes sacred. We quit trying to separate the sacred from the secular. Man, we do that all the time. We think this is, oh, this is sacred. This is, ooh, we're in the house of God. It's, this is, this is, and that other thing over there, other stuff is secular. But that word secular means without God. And the truth is there is no place on the planet that you go that is without God because God is with you everywhere you go. So he wants to be with you everywhere you go. All of life is safe. We, we, we can walk through work with God. We, we don't have to keep him out or leave him out. We, we think this time is, oh, this is where we're gonna hear from God. And there is something holy and we get to hear from God here. But guess what? God does not get laryngitis on Monday morning. He still wants to speak to you on Monday as much as he does on today. He wants to speak to us every day, amen? amen. Let me put it this way. Don't be a Monday morning atheist. Some of, so many Christians are Monday morning atheists. You know what an atheist is? An atheist is somebody who doesn't believe in God. A Monday morning atheist is somebody who believes in God but forgets about him on Monday morning and doesn't take him with him. Into, and when you exclude God, from your work or from your school. Think about it, you are excluding his presence and his power in you and through you as you live your life out. And for most of us, we spend most of our time, you know, excluding sleeping, you spend most of your hours at work or at school, right? Why would you want to exclude God from the place where you spend the most time? That's crazy. You're wondering why you're worn out by work? Exhausted by your employer? It's because you've excluded God and the all-powerful, all-living, joy-giving, life-speaking God from where you're at. And he wants to get into that space with you this week. He wants to be a part of your life. That this week. I think some of us need a take God to work day. That's what I think. Do you all have those take your kids to work day? Do they have those still? I, when, when that happened, I would always choose to go with my dad because he was an athletic director and a coach and I could just go and hang out on the ball field and, and hang out with him all day and just, it felt like recess all day long. That was take, God, take Todd to work day. But we, some of you need to take God to work day to remind yourself that's exactly where he needs to be. That's exactly where he wants to be. Do you know that God wants to bless your life? He wants to bless your work. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, but how can he prosper you in a place where you're not including him, where you're not making him first in that place? I believe he won't do it. All of life is sacred. I have a friend, um, uh, a businessman that owns several companies, and in uh, the, the uh, foyer of his home, he's got a framed picture of uh, a verse of scripture found in Psalm, Psalm 90, uh, verse 17, that says this, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us 
and establish the works of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Now, he's a great businessman, but he's not a pastor, but he understands that his work is from God and his work is for God. So he says, God, I want your favor on what I do and I want you to establish what I do. He understands that what he does is not less sacred than what I do. See, a lot of times we think, oh, what Pastor Todd does, oh, that's, that's, that's holy, that's really, that's really. No, no, no. When you do whatever you do for the Lord, it's all sacred. There, there's not, there's not, being a pastor is not more sacred than being a plumber. If you're called to be a plumber, thank God we have plumbers, you know what I'm saying? My assignment as a minister is not more sacred than Elio down at City Place, his assignment to be a mechanic, because that's his calling that's on his life. And, and, and thank God I'm not working on your car. And in the last service, Julie shouted out a big amen right at that moment. I mean, come on. We, we need everybody living out what God's called them to be. Man, when you realize when you're where you are, that God's placed you there and you're doing it as under the Lord and for the Lord, it is holy and it is sacred. And when we begin to understand why we work and for whom we work, it begin to changes, changes the way we work the way we work. Let me look at this verse in, in Titus uh, chapter two, verse nine. This is what it says. Paul writes and he says, slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God our savior. What's that word? Attractive in every way. Now, in this passage, don't get hung up on Paul's use of the word slave. Slavery is and slavery was and has always been horrible. Paul is not justifying slavery or debating whether it should or shouldn't be. He's simply trying to get a message across about slaves, how they should respond to their masters. And remember, Paul would often describe himself as a slave of Christ. And some of you feel enslaved at your job, so let's just go with it, all right? So <laughs> what he's saying here is you gotta work to please those you're working for. You've got to have an attention and a focus. I want to, I'm not going to talk back. I'm not going to make it difficult. I'm not going to gripe all the time. I'm not going to steal from them. And some of you go, well, that's easy. I don't steal. But how about not stealing time when you're on the clock from them? I'm going to be completely trustworthy. And when you and I work that way, this is about the way we work. It says, then you will make the teaching about God and our Savior attractive in every way. You can actually make Jesus attractive. You can actually make the teachings of God attractive by the way that you work. And I believe with all my heart that Christians ought to be the best employees at work. I mean, we ought to be like, we ought to be getting there early. We ought to be staying late. Listen, we're, we're not trying to get out of this and get out of that. Man, we're taking things on. We're not cheating. We're not, we're, not we're not playing Candy Crusher on our phone. We're not checking Facebook and Instagram when nobody's looking because the one we're look, working for is always looking. He's like, oh, he's right there. So because of that, man, they're getting my best. I am, I am all in. I'm gonna be the best employee. And, and Paul says that if we do that, we will actually make Jesus attractive will actually make him, him known. So this isn't about standing up and preaching on your cubicle to people and quoting scripture at them. <laughs> that's, not gonna, that's not the way to go about it. The way to go about it is the way you work. You're, you're going the second mile because you know who you're going the second mile for. You understand who your boss is. You understand that everything, God, I want everything about my life to demonstrate you to the people around me. And by the way, nobody can stop you from being exceptional. 
Only you can stop you from being exceptional. Doesn't matter what you do. You might work in retail, you might bust tables, you might own a company, you might work as a teacher, but only you can stop you from being exceptional at what you do. Do what you do with excellence. Give your best to everything that you do. Just always give your best and let God do the rest. In fact, I believe that your excellence will increase your influence. Your excellence at work will increase your influence because they're gonna look and they're gonna go, what is up with Mark? Man, every time I turn around, he is always here. He's always picking up the slack. Anthony's always taking on more. Kelly's just, she's so bubbly. I mean, it doesn't matter, worst day, she just brightens up the place and gets the stuff done. They're gonna see something different in you when you give your best. And then that's gonna increase your influence. There's gonna be opportunity that opens up because you are giving your best. And that opportunity might be for a promotion, but it might also be for you to speak into somebody's life, for you to share Christ with somebody. Why do you always smile even when things, why are you always, why? Well, because I understand, I'm here on mission. I'm, I'm working for God and I wanna give him my best. I wanna give you my best to the, to the person that you're working for, right? Do your best, man, think about it. God's put you wherever he's put you for a purpose. There's a divine assignment wherever you, it may not be where you're gonna be forever. It may not be where you'll be a year from now, but where you are right now, you're there. And do your best right there in, the, in that space. And as you do your best and you say, God, I'm working for you today. There's people that you're gonna put in my path today. Help me to everything I say, the words I speak. Man, I may not be able to, quote scripture to them, but I could share scripture without giving the reference number, you know? I can speak words of faith over them without having to say, here's my faith. I can, I can be life-giving, you know what? And you can be on mission. Publix, if you work at Publix, Publix is actually gonna pay you to help point people to Jesus. Hey, it's a pretty good deal, right? Starbucks will actually pay you to, to serve up more than coffee. You can serve up joy. You can serve up hope to people when you're handing them that coffee. And plus, I, I need coffee. I like coffee. I like my Starbucks barista. You know, you, you, if you work for AT&T, you can help people connect with God. Can you hear him now? I mean, that's what you can say. Can you, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't AT&T, was it? Who was that? Verizon, that's right. Sorry, yeah. On assignment for God. Your work is from God. Your work is for God. And the third one is this, you get to work with God. Your work, you're not working alone. You are actually working with God. How do we know? It says this in 1 Corinthians 3, 9. We are God's, say it with me, we are God's co-workers in God's service. Man, if you can understand just that little short verse, we are God's co-workers in God's service. We're working with God. You begin to see your calling, your vocation, is God actually calling you to work with him on his agenda? Your career gets clarity. Man, all of a sudden, there's, there's a mission to your, to your mundane. You're working for a purpose, not just a paycheck. And here's what I know. There are a lot of people around you at your work or at your school that need Jesus, right? I mean, you can think of them right now. You're like, oh, dear God, Todd, if you only knew. <laughs> you know? Well, many of them are never gonna come in this church. They may never go in any church, but they got you. See, God has put you right next to them for a reason. They don't have a pastor, but you can pastor them. A pastor just points people to God and to his truth, and you can do that without ever having to quote any scripture. Do you know that? 
You're on mission, and you are actually gonna be the answer to somebody's prayer. There, there is a wife praying somewhere, dear God, put godly men around my husband at work, and he happens to be in the office right next to you. Do you think that is a coincidence? No, you are an answer to prayer. There are parents that have been praying, that are praying right now for their children to have godly men and women around their life, and they just happen to be in your circle of influence. They just happen to be friends with you, and you are an answer to their prayer. When you live every day with this idea that all of life is sacred, God, whatever I do, I'm doing it for you. You are a part of carrying forth the mission of God on this earth. A guy by the name of Shem works at a high school here locally, and he understands that what he does is just as sacred as what I do. I want you to listen to his story. Shem, man, thank you so much for just taking some time to talk to us about what you do here at Lake Worth High School in the heart of downtown Lake Worth. Just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do here at the school. Well, Shem Francis, of course. I've been teaching now for 11 years. Um, Been at another school for six years, been at Lake Worth for five. Um, teach AP Calc, it's a tough subject. AP, I'll, I'll be honest, math, math is yeah, not my subject, it's, 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 not at no, all. It's a little, little challenging, man. Yeah. So I teach AP Calc, I teach Ace Math, teach liberal arts too, it's a little lower level class there. I live by a model, kind of like a more than math model, right? I know I'm, I'm way beyond a math teacher, so at the school, um, a couple of years ago, I created this, uh, a poetry club called Speak Out Poets. So it's a collective of students, they come together, you know, we have little fun activities where they take something from a jar and they, you know, got to create a poem based on that topic. So that's one way that I kind of impact them for Christ because you want to give students a voice. Yeah. Right? Oftentimes they feel like because they're young, they're looked down upon. So giving them a voice to be able to, to speak out and to be creative you know, I think that's probably one of the most rewarding things beyond, you know, the math results. Our public school system over the last several months mm-hmm. and last couple of years, Absolutely. we've we've seen a lot of tragedies mm-hmm. and crime and drugs and issues uh, are, are here and they're prevalent. So you've got fear and you have these problems. Mm-hmm. How are you as a faculty member? How are you addressing some mm-hmm. of these fears that these kids come into the school? Yeah, with? but, you, you know, when you. You know, when you, when you think about it, you know, these issues of, you know, crime and, and, and drugs and there's all these issues that students go through, it's a nationwide thing. You know, you're dealing with students who have struggles all across the board. You know, teen pregnancy is a huge one. You know, drug use is a huge one. Abuse in the families is a huge one. And these kids are all coming to school with that baggage. And on top of that, you know, you've seen recently, we you know, with the school shootings that are going on, like all these things that are taking place, there's a lot of weight these students come to come to school with, you know. So, so being a teacher, navigating those things, you know, you, you can't really, you know, blatantly say certain things, right, because there's certain district policies that prevent you from saying things, but what you can do is model for these students, the character that they should have. You know, so, so despite all those things that are going on, you know, the troubles, the crime, the drugs, the fears that they come into, right, where are, we're, we're that beacon of hope, whether you accept it or not, we're that beacon of hope for those students, and that's something I don't take lightly. You know, the public school system, I think, is oftentimes talked about a place where you can't share your faith. Mm-hmm. And teachers, especially teachers who love Jesus, have yeah. to be real careful. How do you yeah. manage the tension between being a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. and being a public school teacher? Well, you know, it's, it's not as challenging as you think it is because if you focus on showing the character of Christ, mm-hmm. then you don't have to, you know, say a specific Bible verse or, you know, say turn to this scripture. It's living the, 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 the work of Christ out. It's, it's loving these students. It's meeting them where they're at. It's confronting them. Yeah. when they're not doing right things, you know, because you don't have to, you know, shout a scripture verse out to let a student know, hey, this path you're going on is, is not the correct path. So I'm still able to, to show correction and give correction in a loving way, the same way that Christ did. 
you've committed to be here. Absolutely. You've uh, committed to teach these students, which is awesome. And, and that's not just a, a professional commitment. I mean, you you believe as a follower of Jesus mm -hmm. that like he's he's called you to this. Can you just tell us a, a little bit about your faith and what brings you to work Monday through Friday? Yeah, well, you know, you know, when I think about who Christ has been for me, patient, number one, right? Loving and caring. Those are the very type of characteristics that I, I want to show my students. So when I come to school every Monday, you know, I, I wake up groggy like some other people, you know, but when I go into the classroom and, and I see those students, man, I'm reminded, you know, of what my mission is. And it's to, it's to love those students and to care for them and to, you know, do my best as a teacher, but not only as a teacher, and as a mentor, you know, as a friend, you know, be at a place where if these students need me, they can reach out and I can be that person that goes beyond the math content, you know, to reach them. I love it. And I just, I just want to say, man, we are so thankful <laughs> as a church. Uh, you are an answer to our prayer uh, for godly teachers to be in our public school system and the position that you're taking here at Lake Worth High School and the difference that you're making in these students' classes. And it, uh, more than math is what you said. Absolutely. And I love that. You're showing them that godly character, those Absolutely. principles. And, and then the investment over and beyond the regular, the regular job, right? This poetry club and <laughs> all that you're giving your time to, man. Absolutely. Just thank you for being you and being <laughs> in this school, man. We awesome. appreciate you. Awesome. Yeah. Come on. Jim gets it. He realizes he may get his paycheck from the school board, but he's working for Jesus. He's a man on mission. I love that our church is full of men and women that are living their life on mission. They understand who they're really working for. I think about Chris out at our Royal Palm Campus, Maryland here at Gardens. They're real estate agents, but they're really undercover agents working for Jesus. People think they're helping them find a home, but they're trying to help them find so much more than just a home. I think about Benny and Steven. They, uh, they run Yumi Sushi, uh, one of my favorite sushi place in Palm Beach Gardens, but it's just a front. It's just the whole store is just a front. Not for a drug king, but for the king of kings, helping people find love and hope. I know it. And I think about Elio down at City Place that I mentioned earlier. He's a mechanic, but he's, he sees himself as a minister. He doesn't want to just fix a broken car. He wants to help fix broken people's lives and help Jesus put it back together again. Man, we got a church full of people living on mission. So here's my challenge for you this week. I want you to go out this week, and I want you to take God to work this week. Every day this week, take God with you to work this week. Now, if, if, if he messes stuff up, you don't have to take him next week, just this week, okay? This week, I want you to take him this week, every day. And the way you do that is you start out every morning in prayer. You say, God, I wanna take you with, I invite you to go with me to work today because there's some situations I'm gonna step into that I'm gonna need your wisdom. I'm gonna need your grace. There's some people I gotta deal with and I wanna know how you want me to love them and I'm gonna need your help to love them. And there's some people that I need to see that I don't see them the way you see them. And I pray you'd open my eyes so I could see them the way you see them. And I guarantee you, when you walk through work week this week like that, I don't care what you do, you will see God do more in you than you could ever imagine because you are on mission for God. So I'm gonna to pray today as we close two prayers. My first prayer uh, is gonna be that all of us will go out this week and live on mission, that we will take God to work. We're gonna take God to work day with us this week. And it's gonna be every week this week. And we're gonna see God do some amazing things as we invite him into that space. But the second thing I wanna pray about is I wanna pray for you because you're not just made for Mondays. More importantly, you've been made for God. And more specifically, you've been made for a a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And until you have that relationship right, Mondays aren't even gonna make sense. But when you get that relationship with Jesus right, it puts everything in the right place. 
doesn't mean all your problems go away, but you've got someone that is walking with you through the trial and through the struggle, and he promises never to leave you. And that is all about a relationship, a personal relationship. This is not about a religion or joining a church. It's about having a life-giving relationship with Jesus where he steps in and makes everything new from the inside out. And if you need that today, I'm gonna pray a prayer just for you. Or maybe you used to have a relationship with God like that, but if you were honest, it's not where it needs to be today. Today's the day to get that right. So I wanna pray those two prayers here in this room, and then we can applaud him. Uh, (laughs) But let me pray for us today, okay? Lord, I thank you. Thank you for the amazing variety of gifts and skills and abilities you have put in this room to glorify yourself, Lord, and you have given us a gift, a gift of work to reach people in unique areas, in unique avenues, to use our skills and abilities to be ministers and missionaries for you. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to live sent, to be on map and on mission in the unique place that you've placed each one of us, Lord, and I thank you for that because that is, that is a gift that we get to be your ambassadors at our workplace. But Lord, I pray today for those who might find their workplace are really draining the life out of them and it is just a struggle for them to show up day after day. Lord, I pray that you would breathe life into them, that you would be their life, that it would be about so much more than work for them, that it is an opportunity for them to minister to people. Lord, that they would see your face in the faces of their coworkers, that they would be ministering to you as they're involved in their jobs and they might find new value and new mission in, um, in their work, even as it is difficult and complex and frustrating, Lord. But breathe life into them so that they can breathe life into others, would you? Lord, I pray for those who might not even really have a concept of what this bringing God to work is like because they don't know what having you in their heart looks like to begin with, Lord. Maybe they're sitting here and they're just curious about what this relationship even means. Lord, I pray, would you um, draw them to you? Would you uniquely show them the life that you might have for them, the gift that you've given them in Jesus Christ, that you sent your son to give his life as payment for their brokenness, and they can be found whole through Jesus, Lord. That you would take the old heart out of them and put a brand new heart in them, a heart with purpose and passion uh, that they've never known before. Lord, I thank you for that gift. I thank you for the gift of Jesus, the gift of work, the gifts and abilities that you've given each one of us, and I pray that we might bring you into our workplace in a unique way this week and come back next week with amazing stories of new conversations and opportunities that have opened themselves up because of the change in our perspective of work. So thank you, Lord, we pray in your name. Amen.